Good day to you. This is Friday, February 11th, 2022. I am Pastor Neil Wemuth, and this is your daily scripture meditation. Today we will be in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 56. So let's get that onto the screen and jump into it. It says, And Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. You could kind of think of this as the vicarage that they had. Um, congregation, the pastors, when we go through training, we do a thing called vicarage, where it's kind of like student teaching, but student pastoring or whatever you want to call it where we get a kind of a taste of the experience of ministry. And this is what they're kind of doing as a sort of vicarage. Verse 7, it says, Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed, because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen. Herod said, John I beheaded. But who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. This will come into play in the coming readings. Because this whole question of who John is, this is going to come into play a little bit later. And also, his Herod's desire to meet Jesus, this will come up in Jesus' trial. On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him. And he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them death something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. And they did so, and had them all sit down, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and sat a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied, and what was left over was picked up, twelve baskets of broken pieces. So just a little note. So the five loaves, this represents um, the five um, books of the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The two um, represents the, the law and the prophets. And then the twelve baskets, and notice it specifically says broken pieces, refers to the twelve tribes of Israel. 
that are now broken and scattered. But here we see Jesus doing an incredible wonder and caring for these people. He breaks them apart into groups of 50 each. This has actually been used as an argument that churches should not get too big. Because if they get too big, they become more difficult to care for appropriately or effectively. Um, let's see. And it also is a slight one note is that this, by the way, is the only miracle that is recorded in all four Gospels. I mean, only miracle aside from the resurrection, of course. This is the only one that is recorded in all four Gospels. So it does have some significance in that regard. Verse 18. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him and he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And notice their answers are echoing the converse, the thoughts of Herod. But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. Notice it's much shorter. And it's interesting is the way that this, in Matthew and Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the Synoptic Gospels. They're called this because there's a lot of similarities. But what is seen here is very different. And it goes, I mean, the, in Matthew and Mark, there's the feeding of the 5,000, which is right after the death of John, which is not even really, it's mentioned here, but it's barely spoken of. Because um, in Matthew and Mark, you get the detail of the event. Um and then after the feeding of the 5,000, you have Jesus walking on water. That is contained in Matthew, Mark, and John, but not here in Luke. Um, and there's a number of other things. And there's even a feeding of the 4,000 that comes up even. Um, and then you, when you get to this confession by Peter, there's more detail to it in, um, in Matthew and Mark. So... Here is a point where Luke is kind of getting a little, moving a little quick. Verse 21, it says, And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Notice this is also an interesting difference between Matthew, Mark, and Luke, is that we don't have Peter's rebuke. Peter doesn't say, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. It just ends there. It doesn't include it. And this kind of has to do with the nature of Luke. Mark, in particular, um, is kind of a, a tragedy. And so you'll see the, the obstinance of the disciples. The disciples just look like fools throughout the Gospel of Mark. Matthew has it to a little, some level of degree, but you also have a little bit more strong moments with, with the disciples. In Luke, we've seen a few times already where those foolish moments by the disciples, they're not quite as abundant. And it's very, what I would argue is the reason is, is that we're focusing 
Luke doesn't really want to focus on the disciples. The focus is less on the reaction of the disciples and more on Jesus, what Jesus is saying. And don't get me wrong, it is important to read what the, the disciples reacted, and that's why they're in the other Gospels. But here, the focus is on what Christ has said. So here he is projecting what's going to happen to him. Verse 23, He said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever does loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. So... This is what it means to be a Christian, denying yourself, being willing to pick up your cross. That means being called upon to humiliate yourself for the sake of the life of another. Verse 28. Now about eight days after these things, sayings, these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered. And his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Not knowing what he said, as he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. So this is a moment where the disciples don't look strong. Because as master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents. The key here is the, the Greek word that is translated here as tent is not completely accurate. The better translation would be tabernacle. Now, a tabernacle, it is a tent, yes, but it's a specific a tent set aside for a specific purpose, namely as the dwelling place of God. So when they're wanting to build three tabernacles, they're wanting a tabernacle for you, for Jesus, for Moses, and Elijah. In other words, they're wanting to worship Moses and Elijah as God. And this is why they get the voice of God himself, God the Father, speaking upon them and saying, This, Jesus, is my son. Listen to him. In other words, if you're going to build the tabernacle, only Jesus is fit for it. But they are not to build one even for him at this point. Because Jesus has a task to do. Namely, 
he has to go to the cross. On the next day, when they'd come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and suddenly, he suddenly cries out, and convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and shatters him and will hardly leave him. And I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And all were astonished at the majesty of God. And as and they were while and they were all marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his, his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand the saying, and it was concealed from them, so that they might not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side. And he said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For who, he who is least among you all is the one who is great. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because we, he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not stop him, for the one who is not against us is f against you is for you. So this is kind of beginning the theme that you have in other Gospels as well, where the disciples are starting to get kind of big heads, getting a little bit egotistical. So it says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. That verse. So in a couple weeks here, the last Sunday of, um, of February to be specific, we will be celebrating Transfiguration Sunday. That following Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. And we begin this season of Lent. And the reason we do it that way is because of verse 51. It's We are not that far departed from the Mount of Transfiguration here. We've, already, we've just read that only a few moments ago. And here we he, read these words. He set his face to go to Jerusalem. And so in essence, that's what we are doing. We finish with transfiguration, that celebration. And we set, and so then, we set our eyes, we set our face towards Jerusalem, towards the cross. So, was, And Jesus sent messengers ahead of him, who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. 
and they went on to another village. So there you have again. Now the mo now the disciples are kind of getting rugged here. They're getting a little egotistical, just noticing Jesus is calling them out on it. So let us end with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Blessings on your weekend. Um, I encourage you if you I encourage you to attend worship this weekend. Um, if you have been, happen to be in the Ida Grove, Iowa area, uh, you we would love to have you here for worship. Um, we worship on Saturday evenings at 6 o'clock, and we worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. with fellowship and Bible class to follow. So blessings on your weekend if you're not on tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.